Welcome back to another episode of Unentitled Sports. Uh, today it's just me and Lucas, uh, but we have plenty to talk about, uh, starting with Lucas's NBA Finals Game 1 experience. Lucas, why don't you tell us more about that? Yes, well, like I promised on Episode 1, um, and we do not we do not give up on our promises on this podcast. It's very we unentitled. Unentitled. And the charity work that I did by going to the game, this is where it really pays off, where I'm giving back to the listeners, <laughs> where it's like, I didn't, you know, I, had, I, have, I have things to do, right? <laughs> yeah. a, He's a busy guy. Like that. He's so, a busy guy. So going to the game um, was, you know, it, it was a lot for me. Um, yeah, he took the time out of his busy schedule. You know, he's finishing up, you know, another stressful year of a physics major, stats minor at a UC right. school, yep. finals rapidly approaching, but he took the time out of his busy schedule to go to game one of the NBA finals for us. For you guys. Can we get a thank you, Lucas, in the comments? Yeah, I'd like to get at least 50. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I went to game one, and it was terrible. Um, other than, you know, obviously the experience of <laughs> yeah. going to the game is amazing. I loved, you know, every second of being there and being able to watch my favorite team that I've loved since I was a kid play in the NBA Finals, an experience that I actually honestly thought that I would never get. I never oh, yeah. figured you know, I, would, I would be able to go to a game in the Finals, but I did, and everything was going right. Um, it was first quarter. Steph Curry dropped 21 points in the first quarter, which yeah. is an NBA Finals record, right. and he had six threes. Six threes in the first quarter. Yeah, and people aren't going to remember that after you know in no. a couple months yeah, because exactly. they lost that game. Right, right. Six threes in the first quarter though was insane. The entire Chase Center. I have been to a few games now. It was the most insane I've ever seen it. Obviously, yeah. and everyone was like like elated at that point. Like mm. Curry was just putting on a classic Curry performance to start the finals, and it felt like we had everything going for us. So going mm. into the third quarter, we uh, we did we played very well. I think I think they cut it uh, in at halftime. They actually were leading at half, um, yeah, by, by like by two, two points. I think. think. Uh, memory search. Then correct. third quarter came. We're back at it. Third quarter Warriors. We're playing very well. Um, and I remember my girlfriend, who I'm at the game with. She's like, you know, she she gets very stressed out about the game. Mm-hmm. So she like looks at me and she's like, Lucas, like, do you think we're gonna win? And like. I made the mistake of saying yes. Oh my um, god! Because... He lost another game for us. <laughs> That's the third game no, you I, lost. Actually, I do, I do think that this game is my fault because I also didn't wear my jersey. Um, for, oh, okay. Well, then that's yeah. just the second. That's that's the second game you've lost. That's, it's the second game that I've lost. But it, so it was it was two things, and obviously, like I like okay. So for the listeners listening out there, uh, listening as they do, um, I am I'm pretty superstitious about sports and about basketball mainly. Um, I have a lucky jersey that I wear. It's a Nick Young number six jersey. Uh, might end up being a, a LeBron James number six jersey one day. Watch out! <laughs> but I didn't wear it to Game One. I forgot it at home, so it's partially my fault. But then also this experience of my girlfriend saying like, "Like, do you think we're gonna win?" Like, because also her her stepdad was there. That's who we went to the game with, and he was very pessimistic about the game, which is which made sense because Relatable. they were missing all of their shots. We were not playing good defense. And it kind of looked like, you know, if Curry doesn't keep shooting, like, yeah. out of his mind, this game might go down the toilet. But I looked at my girlfriend and I said, yes, I think we're going to win. And I, th- I said, I think we're going to win a championship, which was my fault. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. Um, but uh, everything fell apart after that, obviously. Yeah. Going into the fourth quarter, it was just punch after punch after punch. 
on their offensive side, it was it was every open three yeah. was getting cashed in our faces. Al Horford had the night of his life. Yeah. Um, and our defense was just in shambles at, mm-hmm. at, at a point because no one was closing out as well as they should be. They were getting – all the drives, everyone's collapsing. And it just yeah. didn't really make a lot of sense. So – uh, we I think we talked about this a little bit in our last episode, but the defensive adjustments were made. But coming coming out of that game was just like, wow, like yeah. this sucks so hard. And I had I had been given these seats, so I couldn't say anything about it really. So <laughs> you couldn't I, complain about getting invited to oh, game one of the NBA finals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll do that, that here. That would have been that would have been super entitled. Thank God yes, you did. Yes, ex- <laughs> my my job is to complain about that now, not then. So. I was in the car going back home and just like listening to the conversation, like silent, just completely silent, like not not ready to fully accept what happened. <laughs> but then I got home and everything like hit me. Started crying on the floor. And it really sucked. <laughs> so um, that's that's how yeah. it was in game one. But uh, game two was a was a savior for yeah. me. Watching us beat them by a lot, that mm-hmm. was the only thing that like brought me back yeah from from down down right. the depths well i remember i you know my my <clears throat> game one experience um i was like how on earth is boston hitting every single shot and that now i i guess i you know the world knows uh it's because lucas didn't wear his jersey yeah and it's because you know he's like he said i think we're in this game it was know, my al, al horford had the night of his life because Lucas Watkins is an idiot. And I was there. It's like... like <laughs> he was in can, the room. Like They were like, in the same room. It's not like what I did didn't affect him. Right. Because there's no way that the game... And I, I've talked about this before. I think you can scientifically prove. Yeah. Like, the game goes differently, depending on... I'm, I, we talked about how I'm a physics major. Yeah. Once again, it's my job to uh, bestow my in knowledge. Lighten. Not to That's, not to talk from a perspective of share, someone who... To share your knowledge with Not the to community. say that I know more than that other is, people. That is super enti- but entitled. there are things that I know that other people don't Mm -hmm. and most right does that make sense yeah yeah um so in quantum mechanics right uh observation pretty much creates reality where if you observe a particle you can then measure its position and speed right versus Mm -hmm. if you're not observing it it doesn't exist in a deterministic state yes i was there observing the game which didn't exist in a deterministic state until I observed it. Uh-huh. So therefore, we can say that the outcome was determined by my observation, which includes my perspective, unentitled, by the way, that had just said that we were going to win the game. So it is my fault. Yes. Um, I'll take that one. But we're looking a lot better. Yeah. Well, and, and by that logic, you know, Lucas has scientifically proven that we as fans have an impact on what happens um, in the games. So therefore, um, if the Warriors win a championship, I want Bob Myers to give both of us rings. I not, want a ring. not just rings for this year, but rings for all four years. I agree. I am going to consider myself, well, I already consider myself a three-time NBA champion, uh, and I'm looking forward to getting my fourth ring um, <laughs> as a... Uh, as a deterministic particle, <laughs> um, you know? we, need, we need out of six positions. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, six men. Coaches get rings. Right. Uh, scouts get rings. You know, pretty much everyone in basketball operations gets gets rings. James Wiseman's getting a ring. If James Wiseman's <laughs> yeah. getting a fucking ring, I need a ring too. He's done the same as Facts. me. Probably worse. Yeah. No, we need to. Yeah, we need to be on our A game tonight. I mean, no, absolutely. We, you know, the Warriors are counting on us for a, you know. Lights out performance from the two of us. 
Um, <laughs> and it would be very unentitled of us to bring our A game and deliver a fourth ring to the Bay. Of course. Um, I think, yeah, I think we need to talk a little bit about game four yeah. and game five going into game six, which is tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, just for a little bit of perspective, uh, game six is in two and a half hours. Yeah. Well, um, one, yeah, one thing about game one, though, I think, and even game three we struggled with, is I think it took us a, a fat minute to realize that we weren't playing Dallas anymore. Right. Um, and, you know, with Dallas, you can get away with you know, sending three or four guys to guard one player and letting half their team take open shots because you know they're going to miss them. Yep. With Boston, you know, it's like in game one, they were not missing those open shots that you could get away with giving Dallas. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think that it, that is an adjustment that the Warriors are uh, much more proficient at now. Yeah, um, I, I remember when we talked about in at halftime of game three, which is episode two, mm-hmm. it's only eight minutes. Go back and listen to it if you haven't. Um, we were talking about the defensive adjustments. I think that those still pertain mm-hmm. um, now where, where we're talking about how uh, people weren't closing out exactly how they should. People aren't playing up on these players on, on, uh, on Boston. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of allowing the, uh, the non-stars to beat us. We made that adjustment. Um, that's what happened in game two, where the second half we were much better than the other team. We made that... Sorry for the uh, coffee. Oh, coffee. Yeah. Okay. Um, we made that adjustment. And we blew him out in the second half. Game four, I feel like we played much better defense than we played in game three. Yeah. Where we game locked down. Too. Yeah, but yeah. game five as well. But we locked down One Jason Tatum to why well, I, 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 he, he shot terribly. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that for that to happen again tonight, if we played with that same defense and we get either, you know, a Steph Curry good game or game six clay it's done yeah no i have been incredibly unimpressed with jason tatum uh this whole series and i think just you know him adorning himself as kobe bryant's adoptive son and you know and him almost guaranteeing you know a master class of the ages in this nba finals for kobe and then playing arguably the worst basketball of his career I think that says a lot about Jason Tatum. Um, it it honestly upsets me how he's you know like you know like you know just shoving it down our throats how he's doing it for Kobe and he's playing very poorly. Right. Um, I think he needs to he needs to play for Jason Tatum. He, is, needs to, he needs to play for Boston. Is Andrew Wiggins playing defense for Kobe? Because the defense <laughs> that he it, you know we cannot put it past Andrew Wiggins. I remember game uh, in game five. Game five, the most recent game. Jason Tatum played the best game of his of his finals, where he got I think he got twenty seven points, yeah, um, sh- knocking down all of his open threes. Mm-hmm. But his contested shots were locked down by yeah. Andrew Wiggins, where he's trying to if he's trying to take over the game and he's you know dribbling in the lane, uh, getting to his spot like around yeah. around the uh, the elbow area and taking that fadeaway. Andrew Wiggins is. Yeah. Is giving the best defense of his life. Yeah. So no, there there are some players who can force it. I don't think Jason Tatum is good enough yet. I think you know, you know, he's also only what nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's fourteen. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Jason. Ta- you know, Jason Tatum has a lot of a lot of basketball left in his career, and he you know he's he's gonna keep getting better. Um, I I I used to be a Jason Tatum hater, um, and I'm still a little bit of a Jason Tatum hater, but now I can recognize like. When he's in his prime, he will be a top three player in the NBA. Right. Um, certainly, and he is certainly good enough to be the best player on a championship team. 
and he could be a, a player who's good enough to force it and still get all his buckets. However, uh, so far through five games, he has not been that player. I, you know, knock on wood, um, I would sure hate to jinx it and the Warriors to lose this in seven and Jason Tatum drop 50 in back-to-back games because I said that. Um, but might, might just happen. as I've said before, it is my duty, it is my obligation to uh, share with our community my unfiltered opinion. Right. Very unentitled. Well done. Um, and yeah, well, I just... Run applause. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think Tatum has been that guy. Um, I think he can be in the future. Um, but I, I think this season he was ready to be that guy and he fumbled it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if, if I, I can go as far as to say that he's completely fumbled it yet, but... Well, in the finals. I, I mean, I, he also played out of his mind the first three rounds of the playoffs. Right. He, he was amazing. Um, what I was saying uh, to another one of my friends earlier was that at this point, where I... This is my take. Okay. I, I'm going to drop a hot take and a lot of people won't believe me and that's okay. I believe that Paul George right now is better than Jason Tatum. Ooh. And a lot of people don't don't think so, but I remember so first of all in the regular season when Paul George was playing, he was playing out of his mind. The Clippers were very good when he was playing. He was injured a lot. So when I go back to last Western Conference Finals, it was the Paul it was the Paul Chris Paul and Devin Booker show against Paul George, right? Obviously some of the role players stepped up when they when they needed to. Reggie Jackson played great. But Paul George was consistently great. Every game, he is the guy. He's scoring. He's shooting threes at a high as a, at a high efficiency level. He's scoring inside when he needs to. If he needs to take over the game, he can, right? And that doesn't change over a seven-game series. In the finals, and even in a few of the games in the Eastern Conference Finals, where you know they went to seven games, Jason Tatum is not showing up every night. He's not that type of player where we know for a fact he's going to be amazing, like a LeBron type of guy. I'm not saying Paul George is like LeBron, but Paul George has almost all of the same skills as Jason Tatum, and I think that he's showing up consistently. Where Jason Tatum, what he lacks is that consistency. He's only 12 years old, so he's got room to grow. <laughs> he hasn't even been born yet. But, but. <laughs> but right now, I don't see him as, like I know he's first-team All-NBA, but I don't see him as like a top-five player in the league yet. Um, maybe one day. I could see him getting there, but I think this finals performance and the Eastern Conference Finals really shows that you don't know what Jason Tatum's going to show up. Yeah, um, I don't think you're under or I don't think you are underrating uh, Tatum very much, if at all. I do think you are overrating Paul George because your sample size is very small. He had, you know, and if if Paul George's best playoff run in the West is a conference conference championship which you lost in how many how, do you remember how many games that series went to? that was a great series I, it, might, it was six or seven i can't remember okay um i'll look it up you know paul paul george paul george arguably yeah actually that's that's probably not true but paul george paul george went to back-to-back conference finals uh with indiana all those uh thousands of years ago um but yeah since he's come to the west his best his best playoff run was we six just games. checked six games in the conference finals, um, and uh, his Western Conference experience before that was even worse. You in know, the he, series, in the series, Paul George twenty eight point seven points, ten point five rebounds, five point five assists. Those are some amazing numbers. Yeah, but like those, like those aren't numbers that we haven't seen before. Um, right, right. But you know, well, and also I, I just think your sample size for Paul George is much too small. 
um, because the year before they blew it. They, you know, in the most classic Clippers esque, Paul George esque way possible, they blew it against the Nuggets. And then the year before that was was that the year that Damian Lillard sunk sunk the three in his face? Uh, <laughs> that might have been was, one more year in between then, but uh, no, because I remember that was my junior year of high school. Senior year of high school was the bubble year. Bubble doesn't Freshman count. year of college was the year they went to six against Phoenix. So, right. yes. Okay. I mean, if you expand, obviously you got Pandemic P where he played pretty terribly in those in that series against the Nuggets. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, and then he, you know, him and Westbrook lost to a Blazers team that they should not have lost to. Well, okay, you can make all the points and all of the facts. You can say whatever you want, I guess. <laughs> My point really is just that Jason Tatum is not going to show up on a consistent basis, and we can't rely, if you're a Celtics fan, you can't rely on Jason Tatum um, winning you a series where it's like, you know, I, I, I don't look at Steph Curry, man. Like, that guy's pretty inspirational, if yeah. you ask me. Um, the way that he's played is amazing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that goes to say, like, I, if Jason Tatum doesn't show up tonight, they're fucking done. There's, there's oh, no yeah. chance. If Jason Tatum doesn't show up tonight and... Well, Jalen Brown... I'm, Jalen Brown has not been playing great either. But I, I I am a little inclined to disagree. I remember like looking at his numbers and being like, oh, they're not great. But like I remember the, the eye test. Jalen Brown passed with flying colors. Like I... I... You know, it's kind of like how Jay Crowder, you know, they say Jay Crowder only shoots like 40% from three. Right. But we all know it's like really 85 or 90%. Right. You know, Jay, Jay, <laughs> Every time it just goes in. Yeah. Jalen Brown's field goal percentage this series is not great. That's what they tell you. But like, I, I swear. <laughs> that's what the like, fake news media yeah, wants right, you to think. Yeah. That's, that's what the, yeah. Um, that's what they want you to think. But no, like Jason or uh, Jalen Brown, this series, just eye test wise, has looked really good. Like when they need a bucket, he's there. Um, he has had some really tough finishes at the rim. Um, he's making his open shots. I think Jalen Brown has been the best Celtics player this series. Okay. Um, you know, I I would say if we're talking the best players, I, w- I got to say Robert Williams has probably yeah, been Rob has Williams. probably been the best for them. Where he's only playing, he's still only playing like twenty six minutes. Yeah, per I game, think I think Rob Williams defensive in, impact in is his incredible. in his role is playing the best. Like he, or I think Rob Williams is exceeding his role the most on the Celtics. Um, but I I still think Jalen Brown has been their best player. Okay, um, I respect that. Yeah. Uh, so going into tonight, or let's let's talk about uh, games four and five a little bit more. Okay. Um, game four, I think. Uh, Kevon, you know, it, it is it is a shame. Well, it's not a shame that Steph Curry had the game of his life. It's but, the opposite of a shame. Yeah, but it's a miracle. I know, not a yeah. miracle. I don't even know. Like, what is the opposite of a shame? Uh, a blessing. There you go. Yeah, it's um, a blessing. But Kevon Looney played great that game. I remember, like, every time it looked like the Celtics were about to go on a run because we couldn't get a rebound. You know, we'd put Looney on the floor. He would minimize Rob Williams. He would get rebounds. Him and Wiggins both have been. The two best rebounders in franchise history for the last the past, for the five for the games, past couple, yeah, couple games. Um, but yeah, and I think you know I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I just you know again I test. Kevon Looney looked great in Game Four, and I'm sure his plus minus in that game was probably second best, second oh, or third Curry. best to Curry and maybe Wiggins, because um, yeah, Looney was doing everything everything we needed him to do in game four and i i really i don't think we win that game without looney right game four just because he yeah. 
you know, without him, Boston either makes everything or everything they miss, they get their rebound for. Um, and, and, so and that was just, what happened in game three, where yeah. we, we lost the rebounding battle in the fourth quarter by a mile, mm-hmm. where they, you know, they just decided that they were bigger and stronger than us. Yep. But I agree with game four, it's it's Looney. Game five, I, even game four also uh, Wiggins, where yeah, he, yeah. he played great down the stretch in terms of his rebounding Yeah, he had like putbacks. six, he had like, uh, I, mean, I think he had like 16 rebounds in game Which is a career four. high. Yeah. yeah. Career high, 16 rebounds. Yeah. And then game five, I think he had 11 or 12. Um, rebounds, which is also great for right, him. Yeah. I think he had so, 10, but yeah. Yeah, we... But he also had 26 points. Yeah, well, amazing. Yeah. So the the boost in rebounding that we've gotten has been um, huge. Yeah, and we've never really had that before. I mean, this whole playoff run, which is crazy, because going into the playoffs, we're regarded as a bad rebounding team, mm-hmm. right? We've we been played... regarded as a bad rebounding team for as long as I've been a Warriors Yeah, fan. it's true. Um, getting to play the best rebounding team in the league and out-rebounding them was like insane mm-hmm. and then also uh, dominating uh memphis or sorry dominating dallas on the boards as well yeah that what we haven't done this series is won the board battle so it's like those are the games where where we don't know who's gonna win mm-hmm. so a lot of people are saying and i've heard this that really the the series has kind of depended on the celtics where the celtics either if they play great the role players are playing great they're winning um they're rebounding and I, maybe that's just a perspective of people who are like East Coast sports fans and aren't really like watching the game for the, for yeah, the Warriors. Think, they just think the Warriors exist on a on a plane <laughs> right, that are just yeah, like yeah, yeah. But they are the Warriors. You can I beat them if you take. want. Like, I but think, yeah, no, I don't think that's true. I, I think most series it depends on whether how the better team plays and whether the better team shows up. Right. And that team is the Warriors. You know, that's the thing. Is a lot of people are saying the better team is the Celtics. Where <laughs> where the the you know a lot of the media that I've scene that's not Stephen A. Shout out Stephen A. Because yeah. Stephen A. It has been a Warriors guy this whole yeah. this whole playoff run, really. Um, where it's not Stephen A. They're saying you know the, like Bill Simmons and like a lot of the barstool people are saying that um, Bill Simmons is a huge Celtics fan. I know oh, that's true. Exactly. It's it's East Coast. I think it's a little bit of a biased perspective mm-hmm. that the Celtics are the better team, not necessarily in terms of talent, but it's just the way they play defense throughout the second half yeah. and going on that run that they did. They're a better unit. Um, so it was essentially their series to lose. Going into the finals, it was, you know, the the odds favored the Celtics. Yeah. In terms of... Well, like, the, uh, are you talking about that BPI bullshit? The BPI thing. Yeah. They're saying 86% chance the Celtics win. Bullshit power index. So that's stupid. what it stands for. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's how a lot of people saw it. But from my perspective, obviously, uh, as... <laughs> they wrong. <laughs> an unentitled perspective. They're super entitled. So I, that's Don't listen saying. to them. They're entitled. I'm not. Yeah. Let's go. 18 rings. To some... Talk about entitled. <laughs> yes. They're titled. They're literally. Entitled. <laughs> well, yeah. Entitled. Yeah. Entitled. They are titled and entitled. Yeah. We are unentitled and titled, I guess. Yeah. Fucking um, scoring one for the little guys. Taking it. Taking a ring away from the favored big boys. Yeah. Look at the fuck. Look at the Warriors go. We are the people's champion. Honestly. Unentitled. Um, yeah. I can't imagine a, a player, a, a person not rooting for the Warriors in this yeah. scenario. It's like uh, um, back in back in the day when. What's his name? Muhammad Ali. It's like Muhammad, rooting for Muhammad Ali. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, going into game six. Yeah. Or, well, game game five, I remember, was like a total inverse of game one. Um, because in game one, Celtics looked like a slightly better team in the first half. Yeah. Warriors poured it on in the third quarter. And then Celtics got it back in the fourth quarter. Uh, game five, the Warriors looked like a better team in the first half. Yep. 
Uh, only difference is they they took a much bigger lead into halftime than the Celtics did yeah. in game one. Uh, but yeah, and then the, and the third Celtics quarter, were yeah. the third quarter team. And yeah, the Celtics were the third quarter team. The third quarter, I was, I don't think I've sworn more in a twelve minute span in my life than in that third quarter. I was cussing like a sailor. Yeah. Um, and then, and then fourth quarter we got the you know look, look in the third quarter it looked like we were gonna lose the game, and in the fourth quarter we got it back. Shout out Jordan Poole. I think that shot was worth way more than three points. Absolutely, um, um, huge momentum shift because. It's the difference between winning and losing going into the fourth quarter. And then in the fourth quarter comes around, uh, it helped that Boston didn't hit any of those open shots that they hit in the third quarter, that they hit in their game three win, that they hit in their game one win. Yeah. All those open shots that they were like, oh, shit, this ain't Dallas anymore. Uh, they looked like, it Dal- looked like they Dallas, looked like Dallas yeah. in that fourth quarter. And um, our, def- I, well, in our defense, our defense game, th- uh, game five with the exception – of the third quarter was phenomenal. Apologies for the interruption, but we have a surprise guest star, Valerie Rutenberg. Uh, incredibly important message to share. Take it away. Hi guys, sorry for the interruption. Um, it's just really, really pressing that I say this. Um, Gary Payton has the dog in him. Um, that's my commentary. That's a fact. So going from what has already happened in game four and game five, going into what will happen tonight, game six, um, what do you think the keys are for the Warriors here? Um, you know, I, I, I kind of hate to admit this, but, um, uh, but the first thing that came to mind was this isn't a Warriors key. This is a, this is, you know, this is, uh, pertaining to the Celtics. And I know I said, you know, five minutes ago, uh, well, the Warriors are the team that determines how this goes. Right. <laughs> um, but I really think it's going <clears> to <throat> depend on, if Boston hits their open shots, okay. um, just because the basketball we have seen when they do versus when they don't is so starkly different, um, it's you know, I feel like that has been the biggest X factor of this series. Um, and it's kind of been quarter by quarter, even where it's yeah, like it Boston has. hits the shots one quarter, next quarter they don't. Mm-hmm. Boston hits shots one quarter, next quarter they don't. Um, if you if you just had to say, you know, is if Boston comes out and they play great. Right, they hit a lot of their open shots. Um, and maybe they don't shoot fifty percent, but they shoot forty-five percent from mm-hmm. three, um, and fifty percent on open looks. What do the Warriors have to do to still win? Rebound, um, because you know when a team is shooting, you know, and you give them a second chance. You know, it's like if 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 you're a team that's on fire and you miss a shot, you're sure as hell not going to miss the second one. Um, right. You know the, yeah. the the Warriors' key to this game will be rebounding. Particularly defensive rebounding, um, you know. I feel like our second chance. You know, like I, I feel like I've seen Boston get way more second chance points than the Warriors have. So I feel like the Warriors don't need to crash the offensive glass as much as they do the defensive glass. I feel like the only time I've really been impressed with our offensive rebounding was like, you know, all those Wiggins. Yeah, Wiggins. All those Wiggins. You know, put back lands. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so the I think the rebounding, particularly the defensive rebounding will be the Warriors' main focus for tonight. Um, and that will go a long way in determining who wins this game. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. That's really the one thing where it's like Draymond, you know, Draymond has to play good. Um, if he has another shitter, then it's probably not going to go well. Mm-hmm. And if he can box out and really put an effort on the boards rather than um, maybe necessarily uh, trying more to just 
push the transition offense, mm-hmm. um, just focus on securing those rebounds so they don't get any uh, second chance looks. I think mm-hmm. that that can help a lot. Um, that could be really where Draymond puts his uh, his impact on this series. It might be tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that offensively we're gonna need we need someone uh, because if it's it, Wiggins was game five, Curry was game four. Mm-hmm. If if well, either there is there is a Warriors player who is known for strong performances in Game Six, and then there certainly is. And <laughs> if we get that Game Six, Clay, uh, thirty plus points, and you know twenty five points from mm-hmm. from Curry, and Wiggins plays well uh, in what he needs to, and Draymond plays good defense and gets his rebounds, <laughs> we don't lose the game. I think. Yeah. If, um, if everything goes right for us and everything <laughs> goes wrong for them, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. I think we'll win. <laughs> I don't think if if everything goes wrong, for, I'm saying if everything goes right for them, if yeah, if I was they, they can up, still shoot, I was about to bring up the same point. You know, if they if they shoot well, Jason Tatum can can play all right. Really, I think the keys are getting a few people going. On mm-hmm. offense, and that always happens, whether it's Curry or, or Clay. Yeah. As long as it's not uh, a dud, and, and we get more than one guy like to have a good game, mm-hmm. and we force their offense into contested shots, contested shots, yeah. and and they don't. Sure, it's like they are gonna, they can hit threes, but if we allow them to have those open looks at the rate that they had in Game One, or at the rate that they had in Game Three, mm-hmm. then. Uh, that's where yeah. that, that's where you know it, it becomes really contentious. I think that today will be a really close game. Though. Mm-hmm. I can see it coming down yeah. to the fourth quarter. I think it's gonna yeah. I think it's gonna be a dogfight. Um, yeah, I think defense is gonna be huge for the Warriors. I think I think defense is gonna be more of an X factor than the Warriors' offense. Um, because with the exception of that third quarter, that Warriors' defense um, was as impressive as I have ever seen it. Um, and you could tell like at, in the first half, you could tell, you could tell. Steve Kerr in the locker room, you know, and in the practices leading up, you could tell the game plan was aggressive defense. They were forcing so many turnovers. Right. And the, the tempo and the energy on defense was like noticeably higher than it was, you know, the past couple games. And that was clear and from it, like the first few yeah, possessions. Yeah, you could you could tell it was it was the Warriors' explicit, conscious number one priority, um, and it really helped. I would like to see that again. Um, and yeah, going back to the other point. I think for Boston to win this game, everything needs to go right, and I, I think there's a likelier chance of that happening than, than it may sound. Speaking it out loud, you know, everything certainly could go right for, for the Celtics tonight, and they could win. But you know, the luxury for the Warriors is they can still win without everything, without having everything to go right. Yeah, um, um, I, I agree with that. So, uh, I mean, is there anything else we can say going into the game other than, good luck? Uh, yeah. Go Dubs. Um, uh, without jinxing it, this is this is not a guarantee. Okay, let's, this is a prediction. This is a let's be careful. Jinxless here. prediction. All right. Uh, we are just knocking on wood throughout this entire. To... Yeah. All right, Lucas, give yours first. Uh, my prediction, my prediction of I mean, of course, man. Like, the Warriors are gonna win. In in my in my <laughs> no, prediction. No 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 no. You, you can't say that. You no, can't no. say the Warriors no, are gonna in, win. That's not that's not what I'm saying. I think the Warriors are going to win. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I think the Warriors are going to win. I'm knocking on wood. If I had to put money on it, I would. I, I don't know what the line is, but um, I think that... Yeah, with do, the we know, do we that know we who's have, favored? I don't know. I, it would probably be pretty close mm-hmm. if I had to guess, but I think that the Warriors are going to get it done tonight. 
That's all I gotta say. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to. You know. I don't want to jinx it. Obviously, I'm knocking on wood. I don't know. From my unentitled and unbiased <laughs> perspective, I do think that the Warriors are gonna win. Yeah. I, also, this is. This is like you know anyone listening to this game is gonna hear it after the game already happened, so mm-hmm. we could look really dumb. Yeah, yeah. We, but there's a high potential we are eating. Why our not? Words. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go even farther. I'm gonna predict the exact score. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think that the Warriors will win this game, one o one to ninety six. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I am predicting a Warriors win as well. Um. I, I'm I'm trying to use whatever verbiage uh, is least jinxable. Right. Um, I feel bad already for what I said. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm just gonna go ahead and knock on another. <laughs> well, yeah, one more. Um, yeah, I think um, you know I I said it two two and a half weeks ago, and I'm gonna stick with it. Warriors and six. Um, I just think that the Warriors are a savvy and experienced and seasoned enough. And you know, team with championship DNA to be like, all right, we want to wrap this up in six. We don't want to go. We don't want this to go to seven. We want to win it, and we want to win it now. I think that will bring out the best in them. Um, I think there are few teams in NBA history who are able to do that, but I do think the Warriors are one of those teams. Um, therefore, I am predicting a Warriors win tonight. That being said, um, if if Boston wins tonight, Game Seven is. I, I would still. Uh, Slate the Warriors, yeah. Um, but you know, let's 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 not get ahead of ourselves yeah, here. Right. Let's let's manifest uh, and just talk about Game Six. Um, can you can we get a score prediction? Yeah, um, I'm gonna go 97-93. Both predicting low scoring mm-hmm. games. I I think that's pretty clear. It's like or, the, I, the I intensity think it's gonna is be. be so I think high. it's gonna be a four point game, and the Warriors will score between like ninety seven and ninety nine points. Okay. So yeah, anything between there. Um, yeah, uh, there is another finals going on yes, there in is. the world. It is Believe not it basketball. Not. Uh, it is a different sport called hockey. Uh, sport Ice that, hockey specifically. A sport that Ryan Greenberg plays a little bit yeah, of, actually. Um, He's, he, plays, he plays for a, a Division One school, a school that plays <laughs> Division One sports. Yes, I do. He plays for a school that plays I Division the, I sports. I am, yes, that is correct. Um, I am the starting goaltender for UCSB's uh, ice hockey team. Um, Let's go. And I'm I'm pretty surprised that this, you know this hasn't come up until our third episode. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, um, I've played. I started learning how to ice skate in second grade. I've been playing ice hockey since fifth grade. Uh, took a little break senior year of high school, freshman year of college. Uh, I'm back in it. Um, Certainly a big hockey guy. Yeah, big I, hockey yeah. guy. Yeah. So so now we have right. We have the Stanley Cup final, and I I you know I'm, I'm a, somewhat of a hockey fan myself. I like the Sharks. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've been to a lot of Sharks games. It's a great, great time. Uh, I have not been the best hockey fan in the past few years. Oh, very, very um, relatable. But going into the final, I know a little bit, right, mm-hmm. about, about what's happening here. You got the Lightning that are trying for their third yeah, championship. Yeah, they're going, they're going for a three-peat. In a row. The three-peat, that's insane. I believe the last time that happened was with, like, the Rangers in, like, the 90s. Islander, Islanders, Islanders in the early 80s. In, oh, in the 80s. Okay, mm-hmm. that, same thing. Um <laughs> no, not really. But the Avalanche are pretty much the consensus best team, where yeah, they have the number really two good. and three best players, right? There's a uh, defenseman, no, and then no, they have McKinnon. McKinnon. So the three best players in the NHL are um, McDavid, McKinnon, McDavid, and... McKinnon, and Drysidle. Drysidle. Oh, really? Drysidle is also in Edmonton. 
Okay, but so, there, there's a, there's a defenseman that's on on uh, Colorado that's yeah, very good. Kale right? McCarr. Kale McCarr. Um, and he's he's young. He's like, I remember um, he made his NHL debut uh, when I was a junior in high school in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He made his NHL debut in the playoffs against the Sharks. Oh really? Because um, he he finished this season in college, um, and then immediately signed and suited up for the Avalanche, um, and that was their playoff series against the wow. Sharks. Wow. Um, so he made his NHL debut against the Sharks in the playoffs. Um, yeah, he and he is, you know, that was only three years ago. Um, and he was probably like, he's probably like 23 now, if I had to guess. Yeah. Um, I listened to Ryan Whitney talk a little bit about him, and he couldn't say anything uh, bad about yeah. him. He said he was, you know, a generational talent type yeah. of player. Um, and Colorado, I believe, has that. I mean, let me know if I'm wrong, but I believe it's their offense. That's very good. Yeah. Um, then, but but on the other side, Tampa Bay has the best goalie in the league. Yeah, by um, a one of the best lo- goalies. Yeah. Well, they're they're time. two they're two good. The two best goalies in the league are in are with the Rangers and the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Lightning beat the Rangers to advance to the Stanley Cup. Right. So the Eastern Conference Finals was, you know, the two best goalies not only in the league right now, but the, probably the two best goalies of. Of the 2020s. Which like, is the Rangers and the, and the Lightning. Yeah, right? Rangers yeah. and the Lightning. Yes, yeah, so the Lightning's goalie is Andre Vasilevsky. Um, the Rangers goalie is Igor Shosturkin. Uh, <laughs> both, both, inc- <laughs> both incredibly Russian-sounding and looking people. I mean, that's the best, bro. Like, yeah. I love that. Like, you got to have a good, like, Slavic goalie. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. If your team doesn't have a Slavic goalie, you're essentially losing. <laughs> like, I remember Yevgeny Nabokov yeah. for, for the Sharks yeah, back yeah, in the yeah. day. That was so sick, bro. Mm-hmm. Like Wall, that guy was that guy was nice. Yeah, Nabokov. Um, Nabokov was certified that boy nice. Yeah, he had uh, that dog in him. <laughs> he he really did. Um, so last night, uh, an overtime win. Yes, for four the to three for the Avalanche. Um, so the Avalanche scored three goals in the first period. They they blitzed Vasilevsky and it worked. Um, and you know before the game, all the pregame guys, you know Mark Messier and uh, Chris Chelios, they could not stop talking about how insane and unbeatable Vasilevsky was and his stat like his stats were ridiculous um and especially to like you know I know this was a game one but later in the series Vasilevsky is virtually unbeatable um which makes it you know all the more important to beat him early in the series Get that game one yeah like his you know in the in the past two and a half or in the past three playoff runs in the eight instances where Tampa Bay has had the opportunity to win the series. Vasilevsky is 8-0, six shutouts, two goals allowed, 995 save percentage. Jesus Christ. That is virtually perfect. Um, Wow. And, yeah, it's, you know, for (laughs) the majority of our hockey fans who, or the majority of our listeners who aren't hockey fans, uh, in layman terms, those stats mean he's really fucking good. Like, historically good. Right. Um... And, and yeah, uh, so I, I watched that game, and that felt good because you know you said you hadn't been a good hockey fan recently. Yeah, um, I feel the same. You know, I, growing up, uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, hockey was my favorite sport, um, and I watched it the most, and I talked about it the most, and I cared about it the most. And the past two, three seasons, um, that has not been the case, and I, it, it feels very untrue to myself. It feels like I am. Uh, you know, moving away from my roots, which is a little bit, you know, it feels like I'm getting old, which is a little bit sad. Um, but that is life. Uh, but yeah, so it was good to watch the game last night. Um, 
And yeah, Colorado scored three goals in the first period. Um, Tampa Bay scored one. But the first two goals that Colorado scored on Tampa Bay uh, were softies. Um, really? Yeah, no. Like, Vasilevsky gave up two goals that you would never think in a million years he would ever, ever give up. Like, realistic, like, I could have saved the first two goals. <laughs> now, granted, there are a, hey. lo- a lot of other saves that Vasilevsky made that I would not Put have in made. Greenberg. But yeah. yeah hey, um, I mean, Greenberg, uh, that's not very Slavic. Not at yeah, all. Yeah, not um, Slavic enough. Green, <laughs> Wrong part of the world. <laughs> Greenbergski. Yeah. That would be the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Greenbergskiovich. Bernstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, Vas- like the two goals Vasilevsky let up were, you know, slow ground balls that went through his, like the equivalent of a soft ground ball going through the fielder's legs. Like, wow. they were complete softies. Um, one of them he just straight up, I, both of them he just straight up missed. Uh, routine saves that went in. Um, the third goal that Colorado scored was on a five-on-three power play, and there was nothing he really could have done about it. Um, but, you know, those two goals that he let up in the first period were huge. Like, it was, like, the last thing you expected to see watching that game. You know, you're, you're expecting Vasilevsky to play incredible as he has done the past three years. Um, and, yeah, two, two incredibly uncharacteristic mistakes from him. You could tell... You know, like, as, you know, as a goalie, I know exactly what he's going through. You know, like, especially too early in the game, you need to make 10 saves to get in a rhythm. And the beginning of the game is when it's hardest to make those saves, particularly routine saves. Um, and you could tell, like, you know, I, you know, like, like I had, like, this little, like, telekinesis moment. I'm, I'm watching on the TV. I'm like, I know exactly what he's going through. I know mm-hmm. exactly how he feels. Like, he's starting to doubt you know, the, the mechanics, the fundamentals, you know, the, wow. the muscle memory of being a goalie, you could tell like, oh God, like he might have a crisis right now. He's having the yips. Yes. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So, so if you're Colorado, do you feel like, okay, we can beat this guy or do you feel like, oh shit, he's not going to have a bad game again. And if he doesn't have that bad game, then we're going to lose. Um, more the former. Okay. Um, not only because a, a, you have to think that way. Right. Of but course. B, there's never been. Yeah, so let's it, say if you're a Colorado fan. Okay. Like, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not if you're a Colorado player. Um, I I still think more more a the former. Um, more of the former because here's the thing: it's not like there are cases of Vasilevsky getting the yips and then bouncing back and being great mm-hmm. because he's never gotten the yips before. Right. This is the okay. this is the first time Vasilevsky's so looked human. It's kind of like oh shit, like yeah. you know maybe this guy is gonna fall apart. Yeah. You, you think that there's like people that are are kind of predicting that now or I don't know because here's the thing so yes so Colorado scored three goals in the first period and Tampa Bay scored their one but then the next two periods Colorado didn't score uh-huh. um and then uh their goal in overtime uh bad Tampa Bay turnover um Vasilevsky made the save um the re- it was it was like a it was a three on two uh the puck carrier who brought it in didn't pass. He shot. Uh, the rebound went to another Colorado guy who passed it to the third Colorado guy and shot it into a wide open net. Nothing Vasilevsky could have done about that. Um, so here's the thing: Vasilevsky did bounce back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're if you're a Colorado fan, I don't think you need to start you know being like, oh, Vasilevsky already got it out of his system. He's already recovered. There's nothing we can do about it now. Yeah. Um, but if as a neutral, you know, as a Tampa Bay fan, you do not need to worry about Vasilevsky. Okay. Um, because he has, you know, he, you know, he, he got himself back under control. He brought it back together after the first period. 
um, and played great in the next two periods. Um, but yeah, it, it, it really feels like Colorado stole that game because they got two goals that no team in the past three years has ever gotten. Um, and it's, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to dig deep to find goals in this series. Yeah. Um, so if you had to give a prediction, uh, do you think that Tampa Bay is going to bounce back for game two? And then also what is your, what is your series Series prediction? prediction? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Tampa Bay wins game two, um, because, you know, they're, they're very similar to the Warriors, uh, loads and loads of championship experience, championship DNA, uh, poise, swagger, savviness, you know, seasoned championship veterans. Um, and I think, you know, they're like, we can't go down 2-0, 2-0. We need to win this game, and that will be enough to bring the best out of them and win. Okay. Um, you know, Colorado does not need to win the next game. Tampa Bay does. So I th- I definitely think Tampa Bay wins game two. Um, uh, the series is a little bit more difficult to predict. Because these these are the two best teams in the NHL, um, you know. I, okay, yeah, I understand that. From my perspective, though, from someone who hasn't watched has watched even less hockey than you in mm-hmm. the last few years, Tampa Bay doesn't lose. That's right. what I'm thinking. Where yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. how can you predict that this team isn't going to win the series when they win every series and they've won every series for three years? Right. You know, like I, I can I, I wouldn't say it's like it's like the Warriors. I would say it's like. I guess it was the last team that three peated. Was that the was that the Lakers? Uh, the you last know, like, basketball team that three peated. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the NBA, that's I think it was. Yeah, the it was it was Kobe's like Kobe yeah. and Shaq Lakers. So that's kind of what I, from my perspective, see. Um, but yeah. I, then again, it's like everyone says that Colorado's the best team in the league. Yeah. Uh, and they already have a one zero lead. So right. Um, yeah. So here's. I here here is why. Tampa Bay is not invincible. Um, you know, going into the playoffs, there were sort of four. There were sort of three teams that were really good. It was the Panthers, Hurricanes, and Colorado. Um, and obviously, uh, uh, t- now Tampa Bay uh, did not face the Hurricanes. Uh, the Rangers, I believe, beat the Hurricanes. Uh, but Tampa Bay swept the Panthers, mm-hmm. um, which made Tampa Bay look really good. Um, but both Tampa Bay and Carolina. You know they were they were sort of like uh, last year's Jazz. You know, best team in the league, right? And they looked Regular like season. yeah, they looked like a team that could put it together and could take the next step, but they hadn't yet, and they still had to prove it, and they didn't. Yeah. Um. And you know, and it just goes to show, you know, come playoff time, you know, when push comes to shove, that championship experience is what matters most, and that you know that poise, that swagger, that you know, uh, that DNA, that's what matters most. Um. However, the argument against Tampa Bay is uh, this, you know, throughout the course of the regular season, they haven't looked invincible, whereas, you know, the last two seasons, they were just as good as the regular season as they were in the playoffs. This season looked like the year that they could be beaten going into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And the last two seasons, uh, they beat Dallas to win their first Stanley Cup, and they beat Montreal to win their second Stanley Cup. Both of those teams were overachievers. They weren't really that good, um, and <coughs> excuse me. Oh shit! <coughs> watch out! Watch COVID. out, yeah. everyone! 
Hey, is COVID transmissible through don't, uh, don't through spread podcasting? it. Hey, well, we're doing our best here. Yeah, we're we're actually wearing masks we're, because we're not <laughs> entitled pricks who don't wear masks. We're standing six feet apart, <laughs> yeah. uh, recording this. Yeah, this is no, this is actually a a, it's in a, a, we, a, a we virtual tested. yeah a virtual uh, <laughs> recording VR. session. Yeah, we're actually not in the same room together. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, and if you're listening to this, I hope you're also wearing a mask over your ears and mouth. Yes, um, and nose. One like, like a fishbowl. Yeah, and. That's yeah. the that's the best way to, to listen to this <laughs> yeah. experience. Yeah, I hope yeah. I hope you all know if you're not listening to this in a fishbowl, you're not getting the whole effect. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, fucking entitled assholes. I know. Um, yeah, we like to be unentitled here and wear our masks. Clearly. Please. Please. <laughs> Please um, wear your masks. Okay. All right. We're anyways. Done. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Tampa Bay, you know, didn't. Um, they didn't knock. They didn't beat any super teams in either their last two championships. Um, so it's whereas Colorado is Colorado is a super team. Um, so they Tampa Bay hasn't proven that they can beat a super team in the finals. Um, you know, this is far and away the most difficult team they will have had to play in the finals. Yeah. Um, this Colorado team. Um, that being said, you know, Tampa Bay is still Tampa Bay. Um, um, but, uh, what's your prediction yeah. on the series? I want to, I want to get, <laughs> yeah. come on, win, lose, who's um, got it? Colorado in seven. Colorado in um, seven, you heard it here That first. is a, that is a, I, I say that with a relatively low degree of confidence, but if I had to pick, I'm going to go Colorado, you know, all, all good things must come to an end eventually, um, and no team has a better chance to knock Tampa Bay off their perch than the Colorado Avalanche do. This, All right. especially having one game one. All right, yeah. Um, I think that that might do it for this week. Uh, coming up, uh, there obviously was a trade in the NBA. We'll talk about that probably lots next of, week. We'll, yeah, we'll, lots of NBA offseason to talk about in the coming weeks. Yes. And more Stanley Cup Finals content. Exactly. And God forbid, if we really run out of things to talk about, we can talk about baseball. Let's go. We'll talk about. Ba- <laughs> I have a lot to say about baseball. Um, but yeah, uh, so we, do, we also do have a, a a correction we would like to address. Yes, I would like to repent. The, I am so the, sorry. The weekly Lucas is an idiot content. I am. I am actually incredibly sorry for this, and I hope that you all can forgive me. In our first episode, I kept saying that that Tommy Pham played for the Phillies, and I was completely wrong about that. Tommy Pham plays for the Reds. I was confused, and here's my excuse, but it's not an excuse. Some are saying it's an excuse, but I am not. If So the Giants had played. The Giants had – I'm a Giants fan. The Giants were playing the Phillies when I had made that statement. They had just played the Reds, and that's when the issue happened with, with Tommy Pham. So I was confused, assuming that the series had gone longer. I did watch the game, so I don't know why I, I messed that up, but – Tommy Pham plays for the Reds. Uh, he does not play for the Phillies. That's my fault. And there's more to say about about what's going, what's been going on with that situation. But we'll keep that for a time when we don't have such uh, exciting finals to talk about. Yes, uh, Lucas's pay has been docked for a week. Yes. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> he has he has repented. Please. Uh, his donate. he has he has gone through his due process. Um, but yeah, uh, that will conclude this week's episode. Thank you for listening. And we will see you guys next week. Peace.